We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming at you Wednesday morning after the Wolves preseason opener on Tuesday evening. I'm joined by Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press as I am every Wednesday. Jace, we have kind of a basketball game to to talk about from last night. Obviously, no Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, which we knew going into the game. Uh, And then... Last minute scratch, D'Angelo Russell, which you and I speculated at practice might be the case uh, the other day. They're very much treating this preseason, uh, at least the first couple games, as like deep preseason, right? Where we're, we're going to get what we're going to learn is going to be a lot more about the guys, I think, six through 12 on this roster than we are. Um, one through five. So given that those guys were out, what kind of stood out to you about who started this game and who kind of took on a bigger role last night than anticipate, but maybe we anticipated for the season. I think the the biggest, like it wasn't even a revelation, uh, <laughs> but just maybe the surprise in like terms of the starting lineup was, you know, you know, D'Angelo Russell's out and that's not a surprise. And you said, we speculated on that. And that's because like, when you have three guys on your team who are veteran-ish, who have been all-stars, and two of them are already out, it, it only kind of makes sense that you're probably going to sit the third one, too. Right. Uh, just because, you know, like, it's first game of the preseason, you know, it's, it's I don't know, sometimes it's just like a, a veteran, like, here you go. You know, we're not going to make you play all of these. Uh, but when Russell's out, immediately your thought goes, okay, so Jordan McLaughlin's starting. Um, and that was not the case. It was Jalen Noel. And... But then as like soon as the game starts playing out, you realize like, oh, Jalen Noel is not the point guard. <laughs> um, Anthony Edwards is the point guard. Right. And that was probably intentional by Chris Finch. And I think it's just a sign of things to come of like there. It might be very common even when like Anthony Edwards is playing next to Jordan McLaughlin, like he will for most of the minutes when Russell's off the court, that Anthony Edwards is going to be the point guard. I love he's that. He's going to be, you know, the the Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic uh, type yes. player yes. out there. Um, I think we're going to see quite a bit of that and it's now it's on Anthony Edwards to make kind of the necessary jumps and improvements to have that be a successful thing because I always talked about like late game offense last year um and it it sucked uh it it was like the worst thing this team always did 
And part of it was because they just put the ball in Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell's hands. And there wasn't much decision making. It was like, I got it. I'm going to shoot it. Right. Uh, and we're just going to hold it and I'm going to shoot it. And it, that led to bad possessions. So like now, Ant, if he gets the ball throughout the game and is in that same initiator kind of role, is he making wise decisions? Is he attacking when he should? And is he distributing when he should? They did pretty well last night. Obviously, the scoring was easy for him. Uh, but I think that was just kind of the indication of like, yep, that's a natural progression. Anthony Edwards, and here it is. We are absolutely going to do that. Yeah, to, to, let's do the ant part first. Um, yeah. So I thought scoring looked easier to ant last night, as it will to some extent in in preseason. But going back and watching it this morning, it was it looked easier without the shot selection being better than it than it was last season. And ultimately, I think when Anthony Edwards is like. 25 if he does ever hit like that uber efficient scoring level it is going to be because his shot selection improves a lot um that said as we kind of speculated with that 10 extra pounds that he put on a little bit more physicality a little bit more ability to get to his shot it seems like anthony it it wouldn't be outlandish to say anthony edwards can be more efficient this season without improving his shot selection that's kind of my biggest takeaway from from Ant there tonight, which is which is part of the leap. And then if if you're Chris Finch and the coaching staff, if you can, as they did last year, sort of periodically like, okay, that was kind of double team step back mid range shot. Maybe not that one, you know, and 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 getting him to distribute more in those areas. But physically, he's just leveled up again. And that wins over, quote unquote, basketball IQ, shot selection, those sort of things like Ant is pretty clearly going to be a bucket, irrelevant of, you know, who's guarding him and and how he how he sort of treats that defense. Yeah, he uh, he went at Tyler Hero in pretty early in the game yeah. <laughs> and it went went baseline and like a step back, like 16 foot or whatever. And it just rattled out. And like it, it's still like those are the plays that it's fun to watch him do, mm-hmm. um, like take those shots because he. Frankly, he will make them a lot, but I, I think, think he think maybe at, made two other ones of those like exactly yeah, in the game. Very similar. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're super cool. But like as then the play is done, you think like that was actually a, a pretty terrible shot. Uh, but with him, you know, there are only so many terrible shots. True. You talked about the pounds um, and I think that will make a difference. And we talked about like just getting to the rim first off um, and then also having your body hold up and then some to some degree finishing. But I think to me, what stood out was like there are a couple of times where we saw like controlled Euro steps um, with easy finishes there. So it's like, not only is he bigger, but I think he added even a little bit more to his quote unquote bag um, mm-hmm. that will also improve the finishing just because he's more skilled around the rim and maybe going to be more patient in that sense, um, playing more in control of himself when he does get there. So if he is playing, he did play more quote unquote point guard lead ball handler um, last night. Jalen Noel does get the start over Jordan McLaughlin, which, again, that's the expectation we probably would have had. Uh, Finch has pretty repeatedly throughout training camp said um, Jordan McLaughlin is the backup point guard, which if you take that rigidly, if we assume 32 minutes a night for D'Angelo Russell, we then give 16 to to Jordan McLaughlin. Do, do you move off of that at all now and kind of thinking that maybe J-Mac won't get all of those backup minutes and that that sort of combo fusion of Ant and Jalen Noel could cut into, we don't think it's going to cut into Delo's 32 minutes a night, but will it maybe cut into the J-Mac minutes? 
I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be super interesting, like opening night, like the first half to see how this all plays out. And actually, we'll probably uh, in at least one or two of these preseason games, at least in the first half of these, we'll probably actually get an indication of how it's going to play out to some degree. But just because you've got like they want to get Jalen Noel minutes, um, I think they want to get Austin Rivers minutes. Uh, it looks like you want to get Bryn Forbes minutes. Uh, and that's too many players. Uh, and Mike and Norris talked about how it could be kind of matchup dependent. But I don't think you want to have these guys just totally sitting out for games at a time as well. Um, so Jalen Noel's minutes probably are coming at the expense of Jordan McLaughlin sometimes, mm-hmm. at least a few of them. Um, and that can be kind of a shame because Jordan McLaughlin like played really well last night, like four steals, however many assists and not that many minutes. Like you just see like the way he kind of controls games. Uh, but your boy. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his game. He's I, I'm not hiding from that at all. I love kind of the floor general point guards. I think that's a lost thing in the NBA. Uh, but then you also let like like Jalen Noel deserves minutes as well. Like you saw kind of the a reminder of the bucket he is um, last night. He I can mean, do some Jace, of the same things Anthony Edwards can do. We got to like, I know it's just one preseason game, but it just seems like he's clearly on a different level than Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes, just as an overall player that at least showed up I, on film last night. I don't disagree with you in terms of um, you can say like Bryn Forbes bring a, sh- a shooting aspect. I will say I 100% agree. Jalen Noel is a better probably overall basketball player mm-hmm. than Austin Rivers. I will say there were a couple times, even for preseason basketball, where Jalen Noel was lost defensively. And it was like, does he know what he's doing out there? Oh, um, and it, that man. was really bad. So as good as he is, he is great offensively. Like he is a really good scorer. Like, like probably doesn't get even enough credit here of like how easy it is for him to get his own shot and score. Uh, but he can be just as bad on the other end. So it is really kind of a catch 22 with him. Like, or how does that fit into what you want to do? Um, and what are you willing to sacrifice? Um, because I think he should play more, but he, he really like, it's not even like physically. It's like, you've got to figure out what you're doing on that end of the court, your responsibilities and not get lost so easily. Yeah. And then it becomes like the, the way you justify rivers over Noel, right. Is that you feel like you need that defense. And I, I am a believer that rivers is, is going to be able to defend certainly on a level significantly higher than Noel and Forbes will. But it can't just be a defensive guy. And again, one night, um, it wasn't a good offensive performance from Austin Rivers. I I do think he has some offensive game like that. That We're going to come to like really like that first step he has. Something he's kind of always had in his game. But where are you going with that first step? Can you finish off of that? Can you pass off of that? Last night, the answer was no. Um, but I just, I need to believe a little bit more in Austin Rivers's offensive side of the ball to be able to even start having the conversation of like, are you cutting into real Jalen Noel minutes? And it's kind of the same thing for Brent Forbes. We've been talking about this too. He provides, he provides that shooting element a lot more. You saw as soon as you checked in the game, like that pin down type action we saw from Malik all the time last year. You need that on the team too. But then it's the inverse of the Austin Rivers. It's man, Forbes is like busting his ass out there to try and chase around Duncan Robinson and stuff. But Brent Forbes is like six one, and right. and so it's particularly in that off ball sort of defensive role, and you're trying to like stay with a shooter like Robinson or Struess while also help. Like this is where wingspan and size and those sort of things make such a di- difference defensively that. 
Forbes just physically does not have it. And neither does neither does Noel doesn't have that either. Right. And it's like if you're going to be super undersized, you've got to find other ways to make up for it. And like Jordan McLaughlin has kind of that Tyus Jones, like little edgy craftiness to him where like you just look, it's like, oh, he's got three steals. So it kind of like it balances out um, the times where you just get outsized mm-hmm. um, in certain possessions. And like Brent Forbes is not giving you that. No. Um, so it's just going to be a negative on that end of the floor. And I will say with Austin Rivers. I watched a fair amount of Denver games last year, especially down the stretch because it mattered so much for the Wolves. Like his offensive game looked pretty similar to that. Like playing alongside Nikola Jokic where life is super easy. I don't feel like Austin Rivers took full advantage of that to any extent. Like I, I kind of feel like his offensive game has waned as his, as his NBA careers went on and he's become a better defender, um, which is just kind of weird in general, but that's where last night I think was kind of an indication. He won't, missed every single shot or whatever but uh it was kind of an indication of where he's at as a player and i think chris finch like what he values how he's, he's gonna weigh it um is gonna be super interesting because like there's no question i don't think that Jalen noel is just a better nba player than right. these guys and that math says he should play but then that's not how rotations are constructed or lineups are constructed either so i don't know what do you feel like there's a balancing out that has to take place where it's like well we, we just need Rivers defense with this specific combination like I don't know I don't know maybe they get to that point at some point but I I think just with that in mind maybe Rivers isn't in the rotation to start the year it's not making that much money um it wouldn't be like some dramatic decision I think I think too last night like again he he's 30 he still does have that first step ability to like get past that first defender what happened last night was, and Miami's really good at this, right? Playing the gaps and, and coming over and recognizing that the, the first man is beat. And they were just able to slide over, bam, Yurtsevin, whatever. And and Rivers is going is an isolation score, but exclusively in one-on-one just beat my guy situations. I think to look at it a little bit more glass half full with Rivers, what if he's playing in the regular season when this group is all healthy, if you're bam. If you're Yurt's event, you are not going to be able to shade towards an Austin Rivers drive because you're just going to need to be up on Carl on the perimeter or or, you know, valuing Rudy there. So I think there's yeah, I think probably a lot of people today are like, oh, man, Austin Rivers, his offensive game is 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 terrible. It was a bad offensive game. I don't think Austin Rivers is a terrible offensive player I think he needs to be in the right sort of offensive infrastructure that doesn't ask him to be Jalen Noel offensively right like Jalen Noel he can beat that first guy and then navigate that second line of defense that's the difference between the two of those guys offensively and I think ideally this is not that is not going you're not going to need to beat two guys if you're Anthony Edwards if you're Jalen Noel if you're any of the guards this season right because they're just kind of Loaded up, um, loaded up around him. Let's like, uh, you know, we see Jalen Noel is consistently a preseason hero on this <laughs> yeah. team. And like, we, th- we think it'll lead to more regular season production, but like, never has. It's because <laughs> the fourth, yeah, right. We think this time it will, but it has not in the past. Like, always it's like Jalen Noel's out there with a group of guys where it's like, okay, you're the dude, go score. And that's what he's meant to do, um, like at his peak. But he will never be asked to do that in the regular season. So, like, it is, it's almost irrelevant what these guys are doing in the minutes without Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy True. Gobert, um, and D'Angelo Russell, because that's not what they'll be asked to do every other time. Um, so it, it's like you see like guys' skill sets, you see what they could do if you're like in a pinch, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it just doesn't matter very much. You talked about even like the Heat's rotations, like 
And that was like the C version of them. Right, right, right. Um, so that's <laughs> that's what's interesting with all of this. Like Noel, like, yeah, he's just hammering by guys and getting to the rim. It's like sometimes there is no rotation. And it's like, oh yeah, we're getting like the subpar version of all these defenses too. Right. So like so many caveats, so many asterisks going to all of that. It is preseason. This episode is brought to you by Land and Lore, the premier men's skincare brand that everyone is talking about. Finally, men are starting to realize that how you look determines how you feel and how you feel determines your mindset for success. If you've never tried a skincare product made for men, you have no idea how amazing you can look and feel. So if you've been one of the guys using a bar of soap, it's time to upgrade. Land and Lore is made with all natural botanicals, nutrients, and essential oils. It's safe, easy to use, feels, and smells amazing. Land and Lore guarantees if your face doesn't both feel better and look better in 14 days, they'll give you a refund, no questions asked. The company is founded by Mark Haysbrook, who started and then sold Hayneedle.com to Mark Laurie. So a bit of a Timberwolves connection here as well. But the primary reason to try Land and Lore is because everyone loves it. There's no risk. And you get a 15% discount by using Dane MBA at checkout. I've personally started using both the shower kit and the face kit, and I love it. I've never really used skincare stuff before, but now that I've used Land and Lore, I'll never not use skincare. I just feel better. So check out landandlore.com today before they sell out. Again, that's Dane NBA, no spaces for 15% off at landandlore.com. That's L-A-N-D-L-O-R-E.com. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Recent studies show that men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. If your father was 30 when you were born, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his are. Low testosterone can have all types of health effects on men. It can cause you to lose muscle mass in your body. It can affect your mood, your memory, and even your sex drive. Let's Get Checked is a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits, and their male hormone tests let you easily test your testosterone levels. These results are reviewed by a clinician. Once your sample is in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Let's Get Checked labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, Visit trylgc.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. Or look for that link and promo code in the show notes of this episode. That's trylgc.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. The the other big change, obviously, not having uh, Carl and Rudy is a lot more minutes available for the bigs. Nas Reed gets the start. Um, Nate Knight is the second center into the game. I think Nas had like four fouls in his first eight minutes, which kind of in the first half even led them to go with uh, kind of like Kyle Anderson and Eric Pascal as um, as like the third string center in in that group. Just overall, I mean, let's start with Nas. Um, what did you take away from Nas's performance? I think it was pretty clearly not one of the best Nas Reed performances we've seen over the years, but. Um, what stood out from from Nas's game to you? Uh, nothing. I mean, just that what we always saw of Nas is like when he takes on a below average player, Nas Reed could perform really well. It's just when he gets matched up against another like good center, um, he gets kind of exposed, which has always been to me. It's been what kind of thwarts the notion that he could ever be a starting center in this league. Um, and I think that kind of reared his head again. Not only did he just get outplayed by Bam Adebayo, but he got destroyed. Um, and that's what's happened every time that he has 
at times been matched up against somebody of that caliber. Uh, so like, yeah, Nate Knight looked way better than Nas Reed, but Nas Reed was matched up with Bam on a bio. Right, like, yeah. I don't, you know, like it's not, it's apples and oranges, frankly, like Nas could go out next game and, you know, go up against some reserve big that he's just frankly more skilled than and, and look like Nas Reed on the good nights of Nas Reed. So like, I don't, I don't put too much stock into that. He looked terrible against one of the best centers in the NBA. I, that will always be true. I think you, you wrote about Nas this week and kind of referenced how Finch is, how Finch has referenced Nas as kind of an insurance policy on this right. team. And I think my, myself included that, that leads us all to like the question of is Nas too good to be an insurance policy, thus considering trading him or, or right. moving on to from do him. right by the player, basically. Exactly. And, and I've kind of, as a Nas fan, um, have kind of been like, I do think Nas is maybe a little too good to be an insurance policy. And that would allow me if I was Tim Connolly to at least at some point this season, consider moving on from Nas if you could recuperate some assets for him. But I, I we had this that brewery event last night and we, we kind of got into this Nas part of it. And uh, some I don't remember their name. Somebody came up to me afterwards and was like, which I think this was a good point is what does happen, though? if Rudy or Carl have to miss a month of this season and, and particularly if it's Rudy, right? You got Carl a lot slimmer. That becomes your only real rotation. Big Nas is probably a better rim defender than, than Carl is. Um, at that, like it's a little bit more than an insurance policy. Cause, cause if Rudy or cat miss time, it does seem like Nas is important so that that's the definition of an insurance policy. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess so. But but it, it, but a, a more valuable one or like I, because it is just so critical, I think I don't need my insurance unless I unless I crash my car <laughs> and then I need my insurance. OK, OK, so let's let's so let's say, OK, tomorrow they trade. That's not, not a bad word. Like an insurance policy isn't like a, a dirty word mm-hmm. to say about somebody like, yeah. I'm just valuable. I, OK, I'm just saying to you reason why we have them. Right. I'm just saying to you, if Rudy has to miss the first month uh, a month in this 2022 section of the season how important would Nas Reed then become that we're defining the value of the insurance policy yeah uh exactly as valuable as last year Mm. I don't like it's pretty valuable last year but to me it always just depends on what's how much how big is the dip between Nas Reed to Nathan Knight like that's that's his value or what about doing the Kyle Anderson at the five thing or Eric Pascal. Yeah, sure. and, that's a, and that, and that I think is a very legitimate option, especially, you know, if the wolves are going to be playing like high wall, like I think Kyle Anderson could do that just fine as well. Like, and good quarterback and defense pretty well too. Like, so I think like, if you're going to have the high wall in your arsenal, then like an actual big isn't as, especially one who's going to play 12 minutes a game. Like we saw Nas play 10 minutes sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it becomes, now, if it's Nate Knight and Nate Knight's and his first shift is not good, and now you just go Kyle Anderson in the second half, like I don't know, I don't know what the drop off is there for Nas, but like you said, like probably depends on who you're playing, right? Like, right, right. And there are certain games where Nas Reed dominated and helped them win games because of just the way he dominated his stretch against the other team's backup big. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dominates teams that don't have bigs. We saw that last year with like the frankly of the tanking teams um, that don't have bigs. He dominates those minutes, uh, but. The whole idea is, is he too good to be an insurance policy? It's not like, do you not need him? It's, um, 
are you trying to be like a organization that treats players right and goes like, we're kind of sandbagging him in his career here <laughs> by having him sit here when he has actual NBA value. And we're trying to show that like, Hey, we treat our players right. And we will do what's best for them in their career um, and not just hold on to them because maybe somewhere down the line, we might need you mm-hmm. for a couple of games. Um, and when you know, well, that's probably not going to be the difference um, in your season. I don't know if he is that player anyway, though. I'm not sure what like his ceiling is in the NBA. Yeah, sure, he could play more for like the Thunder um, because we saw, you know, Isaiah Roby plays a ton of minutes for the Thunder, and then guess what? When he hits the open market, he signs a two-way with the Spurs or something. Right. Like, uh, that doesn't mean you're like a super valuable player if you can go to a, a, a bad team and play a lot of minutes. And Nas would probably do that. I don't know what contending team Nas is going out and playing a huge role for. So I think. I think, frankly, like on most teams like the Timberwolves, that's what he's going to be. So I don't think he's too valuable where you can't hold on to him as an insurance policy. I think that would be a fair move for the organization. I do think, you're, are you going to hold on to Nate Knight and Nas Reed? Like, yeah. I, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, because I would... I, I think, as of right now, obviously only one preseason game in, I think the best thing you could do if you had to play a third center right now is Kyle Anderson. And sure, I think yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. win one game. Yes. Yep. For sure. And you know, so that, that mitigate again, that it, it ties to maybe not needing both Knight and, and Reed on the team. If, if the coaching staff does agree with that, which we, we don't know, but they played him some in, it's in been this brought up, right? Was it Micah who said Kyle Anderson yep. could play some five? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So also related to the bigs and you, you mentioned the high wall thing. Um, they they have been Finch and Nori and th- the players have been talking about this idea of toggling between uh, coverages from playing drop more conservatively with Rudy to more aggressively up in the pick and roll, the high wall. Um, I was always I like remained kind of skeptical of like if they're going to actually do that or I was skeptical if they were actually going to do that. But watching them play last night, that's almost exclusively what they ran unless they're like icing a side pick and roll or whatever. Um, so it's no, with the huge caveat that Rudy and Carl aren't in there to see them go like almost exclusively high wall defense. What they did last year does further indicate to me that they will actually run that this season, because if they weren't going to, or if they only were going to do it occasionally, I think just for the sake of continuity and learning even if it's Nate Knight and Nas who aren't that good at it, I would have just ran drop more just to get some reps in for that in a real game. They didn't do it, which to me indicates that when Rudy's not on the floor, as they've been saying, just a further affirmation that I think we are again going to see that that high wall this season. You agree with that? Yes, 100%, because everything we'd heard up to that is they'd been exclusively practicing the drop. Right. Like they had not been practicing high wall at all. Like, because Carl hadn't even been at practice, mm-hmm. like it'd been all rooting whatnot. And they're just practicing drop coverage, um, which t- I wonder like if they're going five on five ever, I don't know if they've done that, but is one team playing high wall and the other team playing drop. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that would make sense, frankly. Yeah. Like, but uh, yeah, the fact that then they just went out and they played all high wall coverage with, and it makes sense. Like if Nas is on the court, we're playing high wall. Mm-hmm. Nate Knights on the court, we're playing high wall. And the fact that they played pretty well defensively kind of shows like high wall is kind of like riding a bike, right? Like it doesn't, the, the fact that last year's I think team that's picked it, it yep. up and played it well, the fact that last year's team and that personnel group played it well, tells you that it, it's, it's not like a difficult scheme to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was there from the start of last season. 
So I think it maybe is something where it's like you can kind of snap your fingers and just play that one. Like and that, maybe even pick it up easier than a zone. Like it, it it looked very natural for something that they had not practiced in training camp. And and that's why I'm open to the idea that I'm wrong, that it is yeah, hard same. to toggle between the those those two things. Maybe it's just I'm generally skeptical about Timberwolves and defense, which when you say we're gonna make it more complicated, makes me go, eh, maybe not a good idea, but I've also I I have no idea what that's actually like to execute as a player. Maybe it is just be like maybe it is just as simple as Finch being like just play more aggressive in coverage. And as a player, you just do it. And and maybe it is the toggling away from the high wall that is the more complicated part of it, right? Because I think it, I think that might be it. Which is weird because we do think that will be the predominant way that they play this season. I mean, Mike Honori said 75% of games. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Honori said right last year, it was 95% high wall. And, and I think we're kind of under the assumption that it's going to be 75% drop this season in pick and roll coverage, which is, which is a huge change. Um, which again, just kind of like lights off like warning signs to me. But again, I, I could be, overrating the the difference between those two coverages. Though, as Kyle Anderson said to us at practice the other day, and you wrote about too, was not many teams do this, and only the really good teams do it. He, What were the teams he listed off again? Golden State. I think he listed off, yeah, Golden State was the only one that stuck in my head. Uh, Milwaukee, I think he said. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I don't and, and frankly, I, I don't know this, but I think those teams do that in the playoffs. Yes. Like, I don't even know how much they do it Which in the might be, season. That might be what Kyle was talking about, right, right, because that is like, kind of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's doing it, but I actually give the Wolves credit for at least saying let's try it. Yeah, because like they could just be kind of stubborn and be like, no, we are a drop team now. We have Rudy Gobert. When they look at the personnel and they would know, like when he's not on the court, we do not have the guys to run drop coverage. That's not going to go well. Uh, but they could be like, well, we can't switch it up. You might as well at least try. You might as well at least see what toggling looks like because that's your best possible outcome as a defensive team is if you are doing drop with Rudy, not drop without. Mm-hmm. Because like we've seen drop with Nas and Carl. Like it looks terrible. Uh, it, it is just basically like a green light for opposing offenses. So just try the other one. And if it is too hard to toggle, you can always adjust later. I, I think too with the Milwaukee thing, and I've I've used the Milwaukee comp a lot with this too big thing as an example of it having worked and I think that's an has not gotten attention nationally as people rip on these these two bigs that Milwaukee has run two bigs to success because Giannis is a superhuman but yeah is I and I do think though that the difference is you remember I think it was two years ago um actually when they won the championship so the 2020-21 regular season remember that's when Milwaukee really started like repping out a secondary pick and roll coverage, which was just switching, right? And they were not good at it during the regular season, but they kind of learned in the previous playoffs that we do need to have multiple coverages. So I think that is one distinction between those two is what Milwaukee has decided when drop doesn't work, what we are going to go to is switching. What the Wolves are allegedly going to do is when they're not doing drop is the high wall, which is pretty functionally different than than switching is and we learned that last year they are not the same thing <laughs> not, not at all yeah with, with this team too so that will be obviously this will be a, a big thing to track over the course of the year and we maybe we will see some switching again from this team um, maybe if the toggling doesn't work we will see 
more zone when, you know, when it's a power forward that you don't want to have Carl chasing around or being isolated on in, in that sort of way. But takeaway from the first game for me is I think it is truth that we are going to see the high wall coverage and the toggle. Um, I believe it. I believe it more now. I think it's, I think maybe the high wall does kind of play into this, but I think it was good just to see that the wolves still look like tryhards. Yeah. Um, that was a big part of them last year and their identity is like, they almost like frustrated other NBA teams. Cause it's like, dude, it's a Tuesday in February. And yet the wolves <laughs> are just like in your face, right. Like, uh, playing harder than the other team. And that's why they won a lot of games. And I wasn't sure if that was going to play out with, without Vando and Pat Bab, and it might not still. Um, and I think the high wall does kind of activate you basically. Totally. Uh, but you know, preseason game one, they won that game and they controlled it without throughout kind of because they were just trying harder than mm-hmm. Miami was. That's what it looked like in general anyway. Um, obviously, Anthony Edwards was great, but even he was getting a lot of buckets in transition. Like, they were just getting up and down. They were kind of in the face. They were doing a lot of Timberwolves of last year things, and I think they need to continue to do that um, to continue to ascend even with, like, this greater personnel group. Um, so I think, frankly, that was something good to see. Like, hey, if you're bringing it night one of the preseason, like, probably sets a good tone um, for what you're going to do when it actually counts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I think my last takeaway from this game that I want to make sure to mention is I thought Torian Prince looked really good. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just feels like a character in a kind of wild off season, um, changing the roster that got brushed over. 
And we're under the assumption that, you know, he's kind of going to serve the the same role on the team as he did a year ago. I've noted before that that same role isn't really available because Torian played three quarters of his minutes at power forward last season. I bet he's going to play at least three quarters of his minutes at small forward this season. And I didn't really see a positional distinction in, in Torian's game last night because, again, no Carl, no Rudy. He did play power forward last night, but. He looks like a starting, he looked like a starting caliber NBA player last night, I thought. And, and really think he could present himself kind of like Malik last year, where, as Finch said all the time, you know, Malik's a starter. We just already have five starting caliber players. Um, not like a, like a starting caliber role player in, in that sort of way. I, yeah. I was, I was really impressed by him. And I, I think, I think Torian's going to, shoot it really well this season i think he is among a group of players who i think probably looks at the roster and knows like i gotta bring it in training camp um i have to bring it in the preseason here as the rotations are being kind of defined for the start of the season because we've talked about it like the the rotation is really deep even if you're on like the quote-unquote too deep like how many minutes does that mean for you does Mm -hmm. that mean 10 does that mean 18 where you probably want it to be like um, remember, Torian didn't play in game six last year. So it's not like he's like a, oh, yeah, he's like a staple of what we want to do every single night. Clearly, like there was a little bit of, oh, OK, um, we like him. But when push comes to shove, you know, he's not a must play for us. That's where he kind of finished last season at. Um, now the team is even deeper and better. Um, I think Torian looked great. I think if there might be some urgency of like, I know I have to look great. Uh, just yeah. looking around at me if I want to play ahead of all these guys. And night one was great. Like, because if he looks like that throughout training camp in the preseason, then yeah, he's going to be out there for 16, 18 plus. Um, because that was a dude who, the way he looked, like, you've got to have on the court. Does he look thinner to you? I think a little bit. I think so too. Maybe a little bit, just better shape in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. He talked about after Fan Fest how it was like the, the classic is my first offseason. I could really work and wasn't you know, rehabbing an injury. So I think it probably was a better, like, sort of cardio type of summer. I He probably had some awareness that he is going to be playing a little bit more on the wing than the strict, more strict forward position in that way. But I think he's uh, he's got the the green arrow going up on, on my board in terms of, you know, what I what I sort of think of this group. I have no idea what this rotation is going to look like. <laughs> I, I, just being honest, like, I... Like, and not in terms of who's going to play, but how many minutes people are going to play, yep. who's going to play with what groupings. Like, it, the possibilities are so endless. Uh, and obviously, the coaching staff won't totally tip their hand on that. Yeah. Like, so it, I, I'm really looking forward to the first preseason games. And hopefully, it comes this weekend where everybody plays. Mm-hmm. And so, at least in the first half rotation, we can kind of get a sense of it. Right. Because I think that's going to be really illuminating. Because, like, right now, I don't. Yeah, Torian, like, yeah, I want to chalk him up for 18, chalk that guy up for 16, that guy up for 18. But then you realize, like, <laughs> there's oh, only 240. I, I, way, over, I <laughs> yeah. way over budgeted minutes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'm very intrigued uh, mm-hmm. with this roster and how it's going to look. Yeah, we do need to get a, a couple more um, rotation hints. Last night, as I marked down who was in the game, I was like, whatever, put an X through that. That doesn't, doesn't matter. That, that, yep. that part didn't matter. I think that, you know, the, the takeaway from the game was physically seeing how some guys looked. Um, you know, who looks ready to to contribute immediately? Who's still figuring out role on the team? Who's still figuring out things physically? That's what that's what the preseason is for. We'll get uh, we'll get more of that on Thursday night when they play the Lakers and through the weekend 
against the Clippers. But yeah, we're, we're taking little notes, gathering little breadcrumbs about what this team is going to look like with the understanding that those breadcrumbs might rot and be pointless in, in a month once the once this team sort of uh, shakes its way out. But uh, Jace, let's uh, let's wrap it up there on basketball part of this and let's make some uh, let's make some prize picks for the Thursday night football game. We're not doing well on these thus far this season. I uh, we've made three weeks of these picks. I've, I'm one in five. You're three and three. I guess you're you're doing you're doing all right. We have the well, one and one every single week. Yeah. So I would never have won you any prize pick <laughs> if you actually played it. Yes, but we, you know we're going to turn it around. We got uh we got Broncos, Colts on on Thursday night. Um, I'll start it off with uh, saying I'm going to go Melvin. I'm actually curious what you think about this one. Melvin Gordon okay. more than. 67 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. A lot of speculation that it's going to be, you know, Mike Boone who gets into the mix there with Javante Williams out for the Broncos because Gordon has had a ton of, you know, fumbling troubles. I'm going to give him like the veteran credit of they're going to give him a little bit more of a pass because he's 30 and has had fumbling problems rather than if he was 23. So I'm betting on Gordon uh, in the Thursday night game. Okay, so mine... My first one plays off of that. Um, I went under on 12 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Uh, as much as anything, because like Mike Boone played so many receiving snaps last week. And this was because Gordon was kind of in the doghouse because he fumbled again. And they might view it differently now. Like, okay, no Javante Williams. We don't have a choice. Like Melvin yeah. Gordon is the bell cow for us. And that's possible. But I was intrigued that they actually collect Latavius Murray off of the Saints practice squad, which means like they can't move Latavius Murray down. Latavius Murray is now stuck on their 53 mm. for like the year. Um, I don't know if they have a ton of confidence in Melvin Gordon. I'm right. not sure. He might he might have a good big game on the ground, but I th- I wouldn't be surprised at all if like Mike Boone is just the receiving third down sure. guy moving forward. Not to say Gordon won't have, you know, one catch on first down and, and run that 13 yards, but I'm gonna take the under on that. I am so intrigued by his usage because I have no idea what it's gonna right, be right. for Melvin Gordon. It is it is an odd one, and just for fantasy purposes, kind of for the rest right. of the year, like that could be a really, really valuable player. Um, my, my second pick is Matt Ryan, less than 233 and a half passing yards. I was surprised to see that his number was higher than Russell Wilson's in this Same. game, um, which I was kind of going to pick between the, the two of them there. But because I did a more than for Gordon, I'm going to go with the less than with uh, Matt Ryan. It's just that Colts team in, you know, the limited amount that I've watched of them has has not offensively uh, been what what I thought they were. And I know Jonathan Taylor, some question marks around there, but I, I think if you're the Colts, you just got to lean more into running because Matt Ryan has just not looked special at all for this team. Yeah. Matt Ryan looks pretty toast. Uh, I'm going Cortland Sutton more than 63 and a half receiving yards. He's went over that number in three of the four games, just 52 last week against Vegas. But mm-hmm. I think he's kind of settled in pretty nicely as the Broncos wide receiver one, um, I think without Javante Williams, maybe they try to lean into the pass even more. Um, I feel pretty safe about that one. I think he's off to a nice start to the year, and that feels like a low number. And and what was what was that number? Sixty three and a half. Yes, sixty three and a half. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if we can have um, a better week on those this week. Uh, again, if you wanna, can't get much worse, it can't get much worse. <laughs> if you want to play along with uh, Jason and I, or just uh, go against our picks, uh, you could do that at uh, PrizePicks.com or on the PrizePicks app. As always, uh, Price Picks will throw you a hundred bucks if you sign up using the promo code Dane. Another reminder that it is daily fantasy and not a sports book. So for those of you 
listening in Minnesota or living in Minnesota at, or one of the not magical sports betting states, you can um, you can still play this game legally. So again, prizepicks.com, prizepicks app, promo code Dane. Chase, you got anything on uh, on the Vikings here with uh, your podcast Inside Purple and Gold this week? Um, I don't even know. Who are they playing? Episode. I should know who they're playing. This is bad. They they host the Bears yes, yes. on Sunday, so an excellent chance to go over uh, to get moved to 4-1 and one on the season and set themselves up really well in that respect. We're previewing that Thursday. Okay. On our most recent episode, Tuesday, we actually devoted a whole segment to things we liked about the Vikings because we spend most of the time ripping them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we devoted a whole one uh, talking about the things that we thought have gone really well, things that were good trends moving forward. And it all kind of leaned back, uh, worked its way back to Kevin O'Connell and maybe believing in certain like cultural stuff that he's setting there. Sure. Um, so if you want like a ray of light on the Vikings, if you've heard a lot of like, this is a bad three and one team, listen back to that episode of Inside Purple and Gold. Yeah, do that. Uh, Inside Purple and Gold is Jace and Dane Mizz- Dane Mizzitani's, uh podcast. Dane is uh, covers the Vikings for the the Pioneer Press, as Jace does for the Timberwolves. So make sure you're checking that one out too if you're looking for a football podcast. Jace, appreciate you doing this today. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I've been seeing you every day at Wolves practice, but uh, no Wolves practice for a while. I'm going to uh, I'm heading to Vegas this afternoon to to go to to go to that game. Hopefully actually going to see uh, Victor Wembanyama play on, on Thursday as well. I might be more excited for that than I am. That the, was, uh, the I Wolves felt game. never felt more out of the loop, like watching the wolves last night and seeing all these tweets about like <laughs> special basketball player and stuff and thinking like, are they talking about Anthony Edwards? No, nope. nobody was Wemby. watching the wolves last night. Yep. It was all Victor Wembanyama. It was all Scoot Anderson. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be, I'm just, I just want to see him in person. Just a just way taller than Rudy Gobert with a handle, which is just kind of uh, kind of insane. So hopefully I'll get a chance to see that when I'm in Vegas. And then uh, you can look for Kyle and I to recap that game on Thursday night in your feed on on Friday morning. That's be that will be the next time I talk to you, Jace. Thanks for doing it. You can follow Jace on Twitter at Jace Frederick. Uh, read everything he's writing on this this Wolves team at the Pioneer Press. Um, I'm Dane at Dane Moore NBA. Until next time. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like